All right. Hello, everybody. My name is Sergio Angelis, and welcome to the This Week in Beer podcast from the Lawman Observer. I'm here with Sabrina Ellert, who is our local beer connoisseur and beer reviewer. And uh, yeah, so Sabrina, you want to introduce yourself? Sabrina, I live here in Longmont, an artist, and I've been a a craft beer enthusiast for a number of years, and I've been enjoying all the breweries here in town. Awesome. Do you have a favorite brewery here in town? It fluctuates. Yeah? It fluctuates. Between which ones? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, well. Libby and Grosenbart are two of the ones that I've, I've really been excited about because they seem to be, of a lot of them, the most creative out there. Creative in terms of just new beers new or beers, flavors? New flavors, you know, I like Libby's, uh, you know, commitment to the lagers. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and Grosenbart seems to always have something different yeah. and new. Okay, awesome. So we're, uh, we're here at Shoes and Brews. Uh, this is my first time here. Um, and I'm currently drinking the Mazed and Enthused Mexican Lager. It's uh, 5.2% ABV, and the description is a Mexican-style lager made with Vienna and Pilsner malts and just the right amount of flaked corn to provide the perfect stage for, spe- for spectacular yeast from Mexico City. Crisp and snappy, tight body, this cerveza will instantly make you the most interesting woman in the world. <laughs> That's interesting that they do that. The woe man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we had five beers on last Saturday, which was our third anniversary. Oh, yeah? So we're just kind of out of our beers right now. Okay. So we're down to that one guy. And we took two kegs yesterday, left the blues, and poured them all for Saturday. So. Awesome. All right. Good. So you'll have some more Wednesday? Or Friday. Yeah, we'll have our Imperial Red on Wednesday. Okay. And then hopefully another Friday. Sweet. Yeah, just yeah. Let me know like, if you want to send me the details and we can write something up, put it up online. Yeah. Sweet. Thanks. Thanks. So I'm drinking the Power of Zeus from High Hops. It's a hoppy pale ale. Power is that the is High Hops? Uh, I'm guessing the brewery. The High Hops brewery? is in, is, in, is a, a brewery in Windsor. Oh. So, okay. A little ways away. It's actually yeah. a really interesting place because they have a, a garden center attached to the brewery, so you can go and <laughs> shop for plants and. So it's similar to shoes and brews, but it's yeah plants, plants instead of shoes. Plants instead of shoes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. All right. Um. Well, why don't we just we can just review? Tell us about the beer you're drinking and. So. What your thoughts on it are? My thoughts on well, this is a hoppy hoppy pale ale, so. Lighter, lighter in flavor, really light in aroma, but uh, it has a real, uh, very hop, hop forward, uh, hop forward uh, palate, but not exceptionally bitter. 79 IBUs, but I get more hop flavor, but I'm not overwhelmed by bitterness. Okay. So it's a really nice grain backup to the, to the hops. Okay. So. Do you like it? Yes, no, maybe. No, so? I like it. Yeah. 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 It's a. It's very drinkable. Okay. So you get the more a bit more flavor than one would expect from a pale ale. Mm-hmm. The hops. Okay. So for those who don't know, what is? Could you explain what an IBU is and IBUs, what the range goes up to and what the number means? An IBU. The IBUs are the international bittering units. So when you're looking at a beer and you see 
the number is saying IBU. The higher the number, the hoppier and more bitter. And this really is the bitter beer. Most uh, bitterness in beers come from hops, but it can also come from other things. Coffee stouts can have some bitterness from like the coffee okay. and such like that. But when we're looking at uh, IBUs, we're really looking at the hoppy bitterness. Okay. As terms of how bitter the beer is. So the smaller, smaller the number, the less less bitter and mm-hmm. more malt forward the beer would be. Okay. And is there like a a high number or is there a max IBU number that could be reached? Or? Um, so traditionally most IPAs, which have like the higher IBU numbers, mm-hmm. range like between 40 to 70 on average. Then doubles go from like 70 to 80 up to, you know, even 100. Uh, I've heard I've heard a lot of people say that once you get beyond 100 IBUs, your palate literally can't taste any more bitterness. So after 100? After 100 IBUs, huh. it's like the max. Okay. That um, I've heard from other uh, other uh, like some brewers and other fairly knowledgeable people in the industry. So when you see something that's like 115 IBUs, it probably is, but most people aren't going to taste those extra huh. IBUs. Okay, I didn't know that. Yeah. <laughs> so then, what's the is there like a standard range for IBUs and IPAs? Yeah, and that's the forty to seventy okay. in like in a in an IPA seven or higher. If it's a double IPA, it'll have like a higher bitterness. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. And imperials will be even even hoppier. Imperial IPA or just imperial, imperial everything. Imperial every, imperial. When you see an, a beer this label like imperial, that means that they've amped up everything. The grain build, everything's like just magnified. And it's including the, IB, the ABV, so mm-hmm. it's a big beer okay. with a lot of uh, flavor, and uh, it's a very strong. Awesome. Okay. Wow. Cool. So. Some educational aspect, right? <laughs> <laughs> Some people may not know all that. Yeah. You know, so, um, yeah. So I'm I'm drinking the current beer that they have that Shoes and Brews has, which is a Mexican lager. You're welcome to try it too if you want. I don't know if you've had it before, but um, yeah, I think it's really, really refreshing. It it reminds me of the of Three Hundred Suns. What was that? Like it's like a like corn cream the, ale. The, yeah, they're 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 blue corn. Yeah. Cream ale. It kind of has. I mean, I guess they're both made with maize, so I'm assuming that's a little bit corn in there. Yeah. Where the flavor's coming from. This one has is very sweet on the nose. It's almost caramely on the nose. A little bit of caramel, a little bit of toffee. So Sabrina's currently smelling the top of the the beer and wafting to try to get some of the aromas. You definitely get the corn. Look at the first thing. It's very that sweet, like a sweet corn on the on the back of the palate. Mm-hmm. Not. Uh, Good grain build. I'm very, very light. There is not much depth to the flavor, but when you're looking for like a lager or something pale, mm-hmm. you're what you're looking for is light and refreshing as opposed to, you know, heavy and, and, okay. and such. Yeah. So when you said light grain build, what does what does that mean? Well, so every every beer has a has a build of, of grain, like mm-hmm. malts, barley's. Uh, and usually, they'll have a foundation of, of grain, maybe a two row uh, wheat, like a two row malts and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And then, and then 
after that base, they'll add in maybe some other other grains, maybe some barley or, or things like that, just to round out the flavors. Okay. And the green build is really what's supporting, you know, supporting the beer. You're getting those sugars when, when you're brewing and you boil it up, you're trying to extract all the sugars from the from those grains. And they'll have like different flavors and stuff like that. Gotcha. So you can have like medium grain build, and high grain build. Well, it's just it's just a good because of the grain build. If it's a good grain build, that you can taste that it's got a lot of you know it supports everything else that's going on. Okay. So. Gotcha. Okay. So. All right. Um, yeah. So why don't why don't you just tell us a little bit more about how to properly? Oh, I don't know. I don't want to use the word properly because I'm sure everybody does it differently. <laughs> But everyone, everybody, yeah, how, everyone does how it How do you go about tasting beer similar to, you know, how people taste wine and, you know, try to get all the aromas and the flavor and all of that? So. Yeah. Um, so what I, what I do when I, when I try a beer for the first time is, you know, I like to, I like to just sort of like take a look at it. So you might hold it up to light. You want to see, you know, what, what color is it? Is it clear? Is it hazy? haziness doesn't have anything to do with the quality it's just you know a descriptor of, of the beer so the high the high hop one I'm drinking the power of Zeus it's fairly clear um, with a light amber to amber orange in the in the light uh, the head on the beer is like kind of where the carbonation and this is where you're going to get all the aromas okay. in the, is in the head so you really do want to have a nice head because as the bubbles are popping it's releasing all aromas in your nose and 90% of taste actually comes from your sense of smell so if you ever like try to try something and you've had a cold or you're stuffy and it doesn't taste right or tastes off mm -hmm. or just downright disgusting it's because if your nose is stopped up you're not going to really get the full impact of the gotcha. flavor okay so so then I might you know then I'm gonna like sniff and I sometimes I have to like sip a little bit down so I'm not you know so I have like more room because you mm -hmm. want to get your nose into the glass and, and sort of inhale. And when you're inhaling, you want to like exhale out of your mouth because if you're like in, exhaling through your nose back into the beer, you're just, you're not going to. So you, you inhale and exhale a little bit and then you start to get the little the aromas. So in the high hops, I'm getting the, a little more of the maltiness. So the hops, hop forwardness is mostly on the, on the palate, but I'm getting a lot of malt on the nose. Slightly sweet. Little, just a smidge nutty. And if you and if you were to, and this one's a little because it's a it's a mostly full pint, so but if you have like a taster, if you're out of the brewery and you're getting a little taster, mm -hmm. you might want to cover it and swirl it around to, to uh, revitalize the head a little bit. Oh, okay. So that you can get more of the, that revitalize the head so that you can get the bubbles and help carry the aroma onto your nose. Oh yeah. Yeah. I see. Oh wow. It, yeah. cha it changes. It really makes a big difference. It does. Yeah. It does. You can easily do it when you get a little, little sample, a little taster of something. A little harder to do if you've gotten a full pint in front of you. It's oh, a little yeah. messy. <laughs> you could do it. It's just a little messy. We may have spilled some. <laughs> And then afterwards, once you've got a good rum, and then you, you know, you'll, you'll sip it. And let it hit all the parts of your, of your mouth, your whole tongue, even up to your gum lines. 
You want it, and then when you're swallowing, you know, exhale through your nose to kind of hit more of that aroma. Oh, so, exhale through the nose. Okay. Yeah, so exhale as you're, as you once you swallow it to get even more of those aromas as it's going down. Okay. And a lot of times, uh, tasters will taste things about three times. One to get like like the first impression. What are the first things that are coming onto your tongue? And then like kind of like the second notes because the you have to get your palate accustomed to what you're, you know, to say, to really fully judge. One sip, you're getting all the top notes, mm -hmm. but you need at least three to really fully judge. Three sips. Three sips okay. to get your palate accustomed to okay. what it is you're drinking and pulling out other flavors. And small well. sips, small not like sip. big gulps. Yeah, right? no, no. <laughs> hmm. But enough to let, let it roll all over your tongue, all over your mouth, and uh, do you swoosh it with it within your mouth or mm -hmm. a little you bit. can? Yeah, yeah. So it's really good to just get it, just to make sure it's hitting all every, everything in your mouth and on your tongue. Okay. So like my first sip when I tried this one, it was all hop. I mean that was all I got mm -hmm. out of there initially was was the was the hoppy flavor. And the more I'm having it, then then the grains, then the malts are coming forward. Okay. And and it's more, so I can see why this is a hoppy pale ale as opposed to an IPA, is that it has more sweetness from the malt with the hops as opposed to more of the hoppy okay. bitterness. Gotcha. Okay. Hmm. Yeah, I think I'm gonna follow your instructions. <laughs> so I'm now swishing or swirling the beer to get some of the head so I can smell it and whiff it. I definitely smell a little bit of the sweetness. Mm -hmm. I think that's pretty much all I can smell. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I definitely, I, I definitely taste the corn. Doesn't taste as sweet to me mm -hmm, mm -hmm. as maybe that that one from Three Hundred Suns, but You're right. Um, it's also a little bit bitter. It's mm -hmm. more bitter than I thought it would be for right. a lager. Right. Well, all beer has to have hops in it because if you did, if you didn't add something like hops, then your beers would be super super sweet because we're extracting the process is extracting sugars from from the grain. So. There has to be some some bitterness to to counterbalance, or you're just, it's almost like drinking juice. Mm. And the more sugar gets consumed, the more alcohol. Correct? Yeah, the more the more sugar, so the more sugar that you're able to pull out, then then you, when you start pitching the yeast, and that's giving the yeast things to 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 chow hmm. down on and, and go to town. Okay. And, uh, mm. and then their byproduct of of uh, consuming sugar is the alcohol. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, I found, well, what I think is interesting is the fact that, I guess, they're, they say they're using a spectacular yeast from Mexico City. Mm -hmm. I'm curious to know what that yeast would be. I didn't know Mexico City, or there were yeasts from Mexico City. Well, yeast are cultivated, can... like, through, like, regionally. Uh, that's why certain certain beers, like uh, Belgian ales, for instance, mm -hmm. if you have Belgian yeast, they're cultivated from that region. And, and so they have like very distinct um, flavor. They bring a, a distinct flavor to, to the beer. 
So I, I would believe that if hmm. there are breweries in, Mex in Mexico, Mexico mm -hmm. City, that they would absolutely have strains of yeast that are very regional to hmm. that area. So like, for example, I mean, back in my home brewing days, mm -hmm. I haven't done it recently, but <laughs> I remember seeing like Mexican lager mm -hmm. yeast that mm -hmm. you could buy. Um, never used it, um, but I've seen that. So I guess, I mean, w what makes it a Mexican a Mexican yeast? Is it just because it's the style of, you know, like comparing this to like a Corona, you know, that is, are they trying to mimic that in a craft beer sense or what? I, I not knowing where they're getting the, the yeast from, I, I wouldn't know. My guess would be with Mexican yeast is like cultivated in that, in that region. You've got the, the waters mm -hmm. that are there. Water has a, a lot of influence on, on beer mm -hmm. and, uh, and whatever, you know, they're using to, to cultivate the, yeah. the yeast because you've got to create a nice little environment for yeast to want to uh, come in and, and do their thing. And then yeah. there are scientific uh, ways where they'll extract exactly what yeast they want for the beer. Um, when you see things like Brettonomics and Brett or wild yeasts, those are fermented with yeast that are not been lab cultivated. So it, it's open and loud to yeah. whatever yeasty little critters will find their way in. And, it's one of those things that could be really awesome yeah or uh, not not awesome <laughs> not awesome <laughs> but uh but and there's always that little bit of funkiness because when you're when you're breeding yeasts for different beers you know they're cultivating specific things out of those yeasts as opposed to whatever the wild yeast brings to the table gotcha. yeah i know yeah, so when was it, it was 2012 I ended up going to Mexico City mm. as my family's down there since I was big into craft beer. I mean, right. I still am, but, <laughs> but uh, I was with my, my dad at the time, and I was like, oh, we should try to find some craft breweries or see if there mm -hmm. actually are any. And we drove, I don't even know where it was, but we drove and we found one. Mm -hmm. And they had like, they, they said that they had like tamarind beers. I don't know if you've tasted tamarind mm -hmm. or had any tamarind water or like a hibiscus beers i've had hibiscus and infused other things okay um well i mean it's just very popular right over there but right. but when when i ordered it what they actually did was they would bring out like a a wheat beer mm -hmm. and then they would pour in like um some sort of like tamarind or hibiscus liquid mm -hmm. to mm -hmm. kind of just infuse it with the beer so mm -hmm. it wasn't like a 100% tamarind, you know, it wasn't right. like they brewed, they it, brewed with it together, tamarind, but, but it was, it was interesting. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I don't know what those are called or. No, those are, but. those, those are beers. And, you know, a lot of times brewers will put in like in their final fermentation, they'll add other, other things that it's not boiled in with the, the beer. Mm -hmm. Um, so for instance, my husband and I've been, has been home brewing. Uh, we had a, a golden that, that we did. So we'd split up half of it and, and just put it in a keg, and then we took the other half and we poured it over uh, fresh peaches to Ooh. infuse the, the beer with the wow. peach. Okay. So it should be ready to, to sample at any time. I'm excited about that one. So, nice. But we didn't, you know, you could use peaches in the boil, but you might lose some of the flavor that you're after. It just depends on what you're trying to get mm -hmm. out of the ingredients okay. as to what part of the brewing process you'd use them in. Okay. So if I remember correctly, I, I remember looking at how to ferment or brew with mm -hmm. beer or mm -hmm. with uh, fruit. Mm -hmm. I remember reading that you had to sterilize it or somehow, obviously 
kill the bacteria yeah. that is on the fruit, right? Because yeah. that, that could damage the beer. So Absolutely. So what is the, is there a standard process for doing that? I know Sims had like just dip it in like <laughs> vodka or something or. or... I, I think it depends. It depends on where you, where you're getting, getting your ingredients from mm. um, in terms of like the, the sterilization mm-hmm. with the ones, our homebrew, what we did is since we did it in the, after the fermentation is pretty much completed because alcohol is, is, is a powerful you know, yeah. sterilizer. So it, while we wash everything um, thoroughly before putting it in, you know, we're, we're banking on that. The, the beer itself will keep, take care of any unwanted things going on because we've already created the environment that we want for it okay. while it's, since it's now you know, fully done. Gotcha. So, yeah, that's mm. sort of like a new thing, new yeah. thing for us. But like commercial brewers are probably getting their ingredients from like commercial sources that have then like gone through and done everything mm. to make the. So does organic or non-organic does that play at all, or, or it doesn't matter? I have we haven't done play haven't played with with organic or um, inorganic stuff. I mean you you could, uh, but it's, yeah, I don't know if we're gonna taste. Mm. But I haven't been to there. There's one brewery I know of and um, Gun Barrel Asher that's all organic. And I haven't had a chance to stop in there yet to see if the organic bit makes a difference in terms of flavor. Okay. Yeah, I know, when was it? Last week, I think I went to Open Door Brewing. Mm -hmm. And uh, you were, went up to the rooftop for the first time. Mm -hmm. And then there was that old, like, abandoned shack (laughs) thing. And I'd never seen it before. I'd never paid attention to it. And... Sabrina was mentioning that this was some old historic hotel. It was the original Johnson's Corners um, diner guest, like, fill-up station. Okay. Here, that was here in town. Okay. And then it was moved here for various, various reasons uh, where it was living. And I think the, the consensus that I get from everyone that I've talked to, people who lived in town their whole lives, that it lived on uh, the corner of, like, 287 and uh, Ken Pratt. And then it had to be moved. I think what some of the, what they've been doing with like Ken Pratt now. Yeah. And uh, so it got moved to the Prospect area, and it's just been sitting there. And it's sitting there. They're working on it though. They're actually fixing it up. It's been kind of interesting to. Nice. To yeah. Watch. I was like, yeah. As I mentioned, I had no idea it was there. But yeah. I never paid attention to it. Yeah. Now I've heard so many different stories about that particular building from people that come into tap tap room and they ask mm-hmm. what's going on there and. I, I have whatever I've I've heard and nothing. You know, don't quote me on it, cause. <laughs> so is there a story that you would want to share? <laughs> I mean, I didn't hear any, but I haven't heard any so far. But yeah, I'll, I just think uh, I mean, in terms of the history of the building, I think the the one that I thought was the most interesting was the the Jack Kerouac had stopped in there when he did his on the when he was riding on the road, because mm. the whole. The whole part of on the road as he was traversing the country several different times and his first stop in Colorado uh, he'd hitchhiked most of the way and then caught a bus the last leg and first place in, in uh, Colorado he hit was Longmont so in chapter five there's a little blurb about about Longmont <laughs> I did not know that <laughs> <laughs> so that was that's kind of fun so that's the, the, the story goes he stayed there uh, maybe crashed in one of the booths or or on the floor and then continued on on his way. I think the other most really um, important, like cool historical thing about it, besides a famous writer, is that it was the 
uh, the first integrated lunch counter in Longmont. Back. Uh, the first integrated lunch counter. So wow. I mean, it's like huh. that, yeah. that people of color and white people were reading together. At that point. At that point wow. in that place, that was the first one. In Colorado or Longmont? Uh, or? At least in Longmont for okay. sure. Wow. That's pretty cool. So that, that's kind of yeah. a, a nifty little. Yeah, Johnson's Corner, right? Yeah. Now they've got a gigantic truck stop up, but up north on 25 now, in John, near Johnstown. So. Oh. So they, their business still exists. Their business still exists, and, and I mean it's gigantic, and they're they're famous for their their cinnamon rolls, but. Uh, oh, is that the one going up to Wyoming? Mm -hmm. Up 25. Oh. That that gigantic. Oh, yeah. I see. Okay. Yeah. I've only been there up once because I mean I was going up to Wyoming to buy right. some fireworks, but right. I had a friend. Oh yeah, a buddy of mine. We drove up and then he was like, "Oh, you got to stop at this place to get these cinnamon rolls." And yep. I was like, "Okay, what's the big deal?" <laughs> they were massive. They're huge. Yeah. They were so good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So <laughs> okay. So that building, from the the stories that I've heard, is where they got their start. Awesome. So very cool. Yeah. Maybe yeah. Maybe maybe we should look into that as a server just maybe find out a little bit more about the history right that'd be it'd be kind of a kind of interesting yeah. be kind of nifty because everyone always asks and I, I hear so many different stories you could fill it you could fill a novel <laughs> <laughs> oh i bet see that, yeah that would be interesting to just like get different opinions on or different hear different stories right from people and, right and uh kind of compare them and just see what yeah what people are saying about it well, in the absence of, of any actual information, people will just sort of make stuff up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, whether or not it's factual, that would be the... <laughs> right, right. So, that's why I always press preface whenever everyone asks what I know about the building. Says, this is what I've heard, so yeah. it's nothing official. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to be liable for it. <laughs> right. I don't want to disseminate, like, bad information. <laughs> as, if, as if it was fact. Well, so I think to end the podcast, just uh, why don't we just tell us a, your final thoughts on the beer, whether you would maybe order it again or or not, um, and uh, yeah. <laughs> well, it's 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 drinkable. Um, I find I mean it's pleasant. The bitterness the bitterness is building as I as I'm as I'm going through as it's getting more air on it and warming up it's getting a little a little a little more bitter so would i would i order it again sure if i'm you know if i'm finding it on a menu somewhere and stuff like that but i generally i'll try to go go something like really 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 new mm -hmm. i don't know if i would go out of my way to say yeah i have to have this one yeah but uh okay. but it's not it's, it's 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 pretty good yeah Sweet. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I would totally get this one again. It's definitely refreshing, I think. Yeah. I mean, today is a little cloudy, and, <laughs> but if it was like 90 out, I would, I would, yeah, I would 90, definitely order it. That, uh, the maze yeah. is a, would be a good one to have on a, on yeah. a warmer, on a warmer day. Warmer day. Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, Shoes and Brew, they were just saying that they were going to have uh, some more beer on tap mm. that they actually brew on. Wednesday and Friday. Yeah, Wednesday. There's a couple more. Yeah. There's one more on top on Wednesday and then Friday some more. Sweet. Cool.
Cool. Well, yeah, if uh, any of you out there listening want to come and check out their new uh, beer, just uh, come on Wednesday and let us know what you think. Yeah. So I think that's it for this week in beer, and uh, we'll see you guys in a week or two. All right. Cheers. Cheers.